What's up, Granny Fannies? Welcome to episode number 29 of Granny Shot, your not-so-serious all-things NBA pod. I'm Ryan Carroll, back from a brief hiatus. All things are right again in the Granny world, and I can't wait to get back with the Granny gang here in a couple of minutes. We've had a big week here in Grannyland. If you follow our Instagram, you must have noticed our Granny movie showdown has launched, so we're going to be digging into that quite a bit today. We're going to talk about the Space Jam trailer launch the goon squad versus the monsters who would win that in a seven game series we've got quite the breakdown there and then we'll touch on some you know actual nba stuff tatum levine's big performances the suns why no one's really talking about them things of that nature again that granny movie showdown bracket the full bracket you can see it on our twitter account and our instagram account that's at granny shot nba and at granny nba so make sure to give us a follow there the full bracket and everything all the results will be revealed on those accounts now before i say hello to my pals don and delco let's get it started as we always do with the granny quiz question of the week the quiz as always is themed around the topics for today so today's question is going to be space jam themed the question is the monsters versus the toon squad game only saw one field goal attempt missed name the player or character who missed that shot attempt as always the answer will be revealed at the end of the episode yo yo don delco good to have the whole granny gang back again finally we are here. We're out here once again. Just the three of us. It does feel good. It's been quite some time. Hopefully there are no technical issues this week. You never know. Just drove down from Ohio. Beautiful state. You know, just has so much going for it. Paid all those crazy West Virginia tolls. And now I'm here talking to you guys. Ready to talk some basketball. There's a lot to talk about. I feel like it's, I feel like it's been forever. Hey, good to have the whole granny gang back together. Last last week was fun. There's definitely a lot of sexual tension between Don and I, but it's it's good to have the the moderation back to, you know, keep us focused. Keep things in check here. Yeah. And Don, I don't know who paid you for that Ohio advertisement. Everyone knows Ohio sucks. Yeah. My heart is full of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> So, guys, the last week has been uh, interesting. I, I, you, you just drove back from Ohio. I just finished watching Airbud. So we had some similar days, similar days, right? All right. Uh, but for everyone out there, we launched the Granny Movie bracket, and we have some some to discuss there. But first, I want to talk about the the Space Jam Two trailer because that launched about a week ago at this point, and I'll be the first to say that I was cautiously optimistic before it got launched because i'm not a huge lebron fan and i thought they were gonna ruin a movie that i loved but i thought the trailer was awesome yeah it was yeah i agree i i think it was also because i set the bar so low for that movie and i think anyone in the 90s era grew up on that space jam life the og and you're like you can't you can't top this and then when i saw it i was like i was expecting pure shit and then what i got was was hope and that's always sexier when when there's none to begin with. So I think they're doing. I think they did it the right way. It looks like the directors were right on point with how they're gonna go about the movie. So I'm excited to see it. Yeah, the movie, like the plot line and the story, looks decent. It's gonna be okay at best, I think. But they got 
every He's single such a party pooper. They got every I, single character basically, which is pretty exciting. I, I think I saw the Night King in there somewhere. <laughs> I yeah, don't know, like fucking Game of Thrones callouts and like Iron Giant and the Flintstones, like that arena in the trailer with all those characters playing. Can you imagine? Like you're playing in front of like every imaginary character ever. That'd be intense as fuck. I'd love it. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty solid, but it it kind of reminded me of Ready Player One a little bit. I don't know if you guys saw that movie, but similar vibe with a bunch of like characters coming together in one yeah, movie in like a battle. Fucking and it, awesome! It was oh, I thought that movie was absolute garbage. <laughs> you know where it takes place? Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Ready Player One? Yeah, it takes, it takes place. place on, you mean it was filmed there? No, the movie's based out of Columbus, Ohio. Like the kids from Ohio? Oh, like that yeah. that like desecrated city that's like stacked on top of each <laughs> yeah. other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The trash dump. Yeah. yeah. A, like, <laughs> dumpster fire city. Yeah. 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 Didn't have to change I, much. Yeah. I actually, well, I like that scene. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a former, I guess, current gamer, but I'm just always a gamer and I, I love all the fictional characters. And yeah, I mean, if I was playing in front of all like my heroes, like. I'd dude yeah so and, nervous and it's opened up like it's opened up so much for for like the the goon squad yeah. to have a crowd like all the evil characters are probably gonna end up cheering for the goon squad it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome i think it's gonna be great i like that they're bringing in all those characters i think it opens up a world of possibilities did they I'm, talk I'm about did they talk about like what why the goon squad exists because you know the monsters they they were trying to enslave the looney tunes and they stole the nba players talent did they get into that or is that still a mystery i haven't really that's not really clear to me it's not clear to me why the goon squad is who they are and why they're evil like why is damian lillard evil and trying to beat the toon squad i have no (laughs) idea you know they for sure should have used kd i i saw a meme recently where KD like would have joined the Monstars if he was in Jordan's position in Space Jam. It's like I got I got to do what's best for me, y'all. <laughs> I'm taking the hardest road to play with the Monstars. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of uh, Space Jam, the the quiz question was obviously Space Jam themed. Do you guys think you know it? I th- I haven't seen that movie in, in quite some time. I love it. I mean, I've seen it twenty plus times, so I c- I might be able to think of it, but right now I don't know. I, I recently I actually rewatched it last week and still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it wasn't MJ. You know, there's no fucking way that MJ missed a shot. No, absolutely not. Not in Space Jam. Well, we'll see. Other, it, even even if you don't know it, I think it's fun that there was only one missed shot in the entire game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's fun that Ryan went through and looked at the Space Jam box score for the quiz question of the week. That's dedication. Oh yeah. So the, the box score is was awesome. So um, Sean Bradley, this is a fun fact. Sean Bradley of the Monstars, right? Along with Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnson, Muggsy, and, and Charles Barkley. Sean Bradley didn't record a single stat in that game. <laughs> Not a single stat. He didn't get a rebound, didn't get a block, didn't get a point, nothing. What is that stat line? The Tony Snell? Is that what it is? Ooh. Is it the T-Snell? The all zeros? 32, 32 minutes with bagels. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what a way to be remembered <laughs> i know some people out there that love t snell shout out to my boys yeah t snell lovers not a lot of them but yeah you know who you they're, are they're passionate <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah passionate group <laughs> so uh the granny movie showdown if you guys follow our instagram or, or twitter you guys have seen it already but space jam was a part of the two matchups that we had this week and we want to talk about those delco i'll probably let you reveal who the winners were but the first 
matchup was Coach Carter versus Airbud. The second matchup was Above the Rim versus Space Jam. They're in that same little section of the bracket there. Some classic choices here. I think, you know, Coach Carter to me is is my favorite basketball movie of all time for a lot of reasons. I think it's one, it's semi based on a true story. Um, as is Airbud, I hear. And, you know, it, it, I love Coach Carter. I hope it ends up winning. But Airbud's an underdog, pun intended. <laughs> <You know. Okay. laughs> nice. And I think that there's a, probably a lot of our listeners out there that ended up voting for Airbud because of that nostalgia factor that it came out. Like, you know, when you know, most of our listeners are probably in the, the age range where they were young in elementary school when that came out. Um, or even the people that, that don't really care for basketball that much and are more into the bracket for the movie itself. And they just picked Airbud. So I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are and then to hear what the final results were for this one. Uh, to the viewers out there, I have no idea who won or what the percentages was. I'm coming in completely blind here. Delco, as far as I know, is the only one that knows. Yeah, so we'll we'll start with Airbud versus Coach Carter. I personally think Coach Carter is a little bit overrated. Some of the fans some of the fans like put it up there with Remember the Titans. I don't think it's nearly as good as Remember the Titans. But it, it's a solid movie. And um, it, it went up against Airbud, which is a tough start for Airbud. And Coach Carter did come out with the W, but it was closer than you would think for one seed versus <laughs> whatever it was, eight seed or or whatever. And one of those Airbud votes came from the one and only Don. Wow! When you vote, when you vote for Airbud, it's not just nostalgia; it's the beginning. It's a lifestyle. A, a multi-sport athlete <laughs> and his generational talent at having consensual dog sex with that other dog and then producing these <laughs> and producing these puppies that went they go on to be champions he's he's a breeder of success it's not just <laughs> this is not just a one time event this is the beginning of a, a future of success for these dogs so donna i actually i agree that's that's a good point and i, I you know I, I, I like i said i just finished watching airbud and i'm sitting here thinking like wow this this is the one that started it all the whole airbud family a couple years later, you had Airbud Soccer, whatever that one was. And then I remember you had Airbud Golden uh, Retriever, which is a, another fantastic pun. Like, it's beautiful. Oh, it's a football receiver. player. <laughs> no, Golden Retriever, dude. Like, get it? It's a pun. Golden Receiver, Golden Retriever. Yeah. You said retriever. I don't know which one it was. One, one of the two. Whichever one's funnier. And... <laughs> So it's like, you know, Airbud deserves a little bit of credit there for that just beautiful series that they've created. I think there's like a whole Airbud like production company now, like the Airbud Studios. My God. But but anyways, so I like I said, I rewatched the movie. I'm not I'm guessing a lot of people haven't seen it in a long time. And I have a couple critiques on it. <laughs> First is dogs don't play basketball. <laughs> First is one of my favorite parts is how the kid lures the dog from the the bushes onto that, that beautiful basketball court somewhere in up northwest United States. It's like picturesque fucking basketball court. He lures him out of the bushes with snack pack, multiple snack packs, vanilla snack packs. That'd work on and me, I, just for the record. I mean, that's it. It's worked on Dan to, before. To lure Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just reminds... <laughs> I'm taking notes. It just reminded me of of another classic snack pack line, which is from Billy Madison that I loved. It's like, you know, I like snack packs. Why can't you just give me a snack pack? (laughs) So I I loved that scene. The next part was the kid, right? 
this part makes no sense. This is even less realistic than the dog playing basketball, personally, how I feel about it. The kid's absolutely atrocious at basketball at the beginning. Like, he can't even he can't even hit the backboard, right? It's awful. His dribbling's terrible. Like, the kid's obviously sad. He just moved to Washington, and he just sucks, right? And he's there's just no way around it. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a nice kid and all that, right? But, like, maybe basketball's not for him is what I would have told him at that time, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, he finds out that the dog's good. And the next thing you know, the kid's, like, good at basketball. Like, as if the dog trained him how to handle the ball and shoot and be good at basketball. It's I, all like, that part. It's implied. Yeah, like, the dog the dog was, like, his coach on top of being an incredible basketball player. He totally could have been. I mean, we talk about Coach Carter. We're not talking about Coach Coach Airbud. Coach Airbud. <laughs> Mentored Coach Carter. Coach Airbud. <laughs> yeah, so so that piece of it also bothered me a little bit. But then the, this is just a personal story from from why Airbud has will always hold a special piece in my heart. Now, I've, like I said, I, I voted for Coach Carter. I'll probably end up voting for Coach Carter to win. But when I was like eight, nine, whenever Airbud came out, one of my buddies, he had a dog, Golden Retriever, looked exactly like Airbud, and it was the smartest fucking dog I've ever met in my entire life. To when I was nine and ten, like we would be like. He could be Airbud. Dog's <laughs> name was Luke. And the dog would like climb up Air Luke. ladders of like a playset. Would literally climb it up as if he was a human. Like a, like a 10 foot ladder climbing up just like you or I would climb it up. And he would climb it up and just like go down the slide. And like he would run around and like play football with you and like run after the ball and like hit the ball away and like could just do the craziest fucking tricks. He looked just like Airbud. And that dog is what made me love dogs. And it just like always reminds me of Airbud, so it's a special, special place in my heart, right there. Well, that's my that's my sappy story for the day. What did this mid mid range game look like? That's what I want to know. Yeah, he he was more of a football player. He was kind of like the the next series of Airbud, like we talked about the, the golden, golden receiver. receiver. Yeah. All right. So you said uh, Airbud wins. What was it? Sixty five to thirty five percent wise there. Or, yes, sorry, Coach like Carter that. wins sixty five to thirty five there. Yeah, quick maths. All right, and then Coach Carter moves on, which means Coach Carter will go on to play the winner of Above the Rim versus Space Jam, which let's see. A lot of anticipation there. here. It could be either of them, right? No, uh, Space Jam got all the votes. Above the Rim did not get a single vote. It was a, a complete sweep. Uh, I think Space Jam might have been a little underseated here. It, yeah, I don't know who did the seating, but they really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it was you, um, <laughs> but it was it was complete domination. But I, I want to take a, a minute here to shout out Above the Rim because I had never seen it until I saw this bracket. And so I, I popped it on and it's such a it's such a weird movie in, in so many ways. One, it's it's like got really, really good moments, but also really, really terrible moments. It's like it was half directed by a really good director and then they just ran out of time and just kind of like for some scenes they were just like i don't fucking know just say something just do something um but the, it, it's it's worth watching and the cast is actually incredible you have fucking tupac playing a major yeah. role which of course you, you know the soundtrack is like absolutely awesome it's like tupac uh snoop dogg a lot of like really good old school rap then you got um bernie mac who plays like a random homeless guy and you have uh, Avon Bar- Barksdale from The Wire. So it's just like uh. a star-studded cast. 
but it's also it's just like so terrible at times there's these there's this like weird like homoerotic tension that exists in multiple scenes for no reason like one of the main characters in this one scene is trying to take a pee and his buddy is just trying to peek at his dick and they don't they don't explain like why it doesn't really make sense with the context of the characters or anything like but he's just trying to get like a good look at his dick you know i guess i guess uh sounds sounds familiar yeah (laughs) um and it's just like a lot of weird like trippy stuff like that that makes that makes no sense and above the rim and space jam actually have a lot in common with their final scene in the scene in the final games where there's like no refing at all i mean in space jam they're beating i mean they're flattening (laughs) these people onto the court what what was the character's name in space jam that was the ref it was uh the space guy yeah fuck what is his name anyways continue and yeah he's not calling shit um like seriously people being crippled like there's a scene where they go down the bench and there's people in body casts tweety birds and an iron lung like (laughs) the iron lung is so classic fucking people up with not a single free throw attempted i don't know if that shows up in the box score ryan but there's not a single free throw and then in above the rim in the final game it's shockingly similar where there's multiple punches and elbows thrown there's one point in the game where tupac who's like the bad guy in the movie is appealing to the ref for a foul call and the ref just laughs at him he's like i'm not i'm not calling a goddamn thing and then in the end of the nba can take notes yeah and in the end of the movie cover your ears for like five seconds for spoilers here but it's an old movie the losing team which is the bad guys so they lose and tupac's like no that's not cool and he goes to avon box barksdale's character and he's like take care of it man take care of business and there's like thousands of people here right it's like a public basketball game and he pulls out a gun and just starts popping and like there was no impression that this man was like down to go to jail for murder at any point but he's like you know what lost the basketball game got to do what i got to do so it it didn't feel like a well thought out movie but i still recommend it but it never had a shot against space jam yeah i, I it's been so long since i saw it and i didn't have time to watch it because i i i put airbud above it on my list of rewatches because i knew that i was i knew space jam was gonna win As, with especially with the timing of the new space jam trailer coming out like everybody's thinking space jam in their head right now well they should be space jam was amazing i remember is i for my fifth birthday i was in salt lake city utah we rented out like a little section of the theater back in the day when you went to movie theater and they had like those little kid boxes that had like a little popcorn, a little candy, a little, little soda cup. They're like, they're like kids meals at the movie theater. And we yeah, went, I still get those. <laughs> Tell me where I, I can't find it, <laughs> but it, we like had this little section and we saw space jam in theaters. And I remember just how awesome that was. And then like, if you went to McDonald's, you had like those little space jam, like connect blocks like those little action figures it was just like what a amazing movie and like that had such an impact on i think all of our generation so i don't think they had above the rim mcdonald's toys <laughs> i've, I've <laughs> no. never seen the basketball movie above the rim i just saw a different one but you saw it different above the rim yeah but i'll just say that for a different time that sounds interesting <laughs> <laughs> Airbud was not in this one, but I don't think people should Google that. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, into the uh, rim. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so Space Jam will end up playing Coach Carter next week. Uh, or Not next week, in a couple of weeks, they'll, we'll have the actual matchup and the vote for that one. Everybody's gone, as well as Above the Rim. They had a they brought a tough fight. Above the Rim didn't get a single vote, but yay, you know, it tried its best. Everybody went out valiantly, so um, props to them there. Our, our week coming up, which I don't know when exactly we're going to post these, but sometime this week, Tuesday or Wednesday on Instagram and Twitter for the next matchup, is going to be Glory Road as the three seed and Teen Wolf as the six seed. And then the second matchup is going to be Hoosiers versus what I think is probably an underdog in Joanna Man. Joanna Man's a sleeper for sure. I could see them see that movie advancing for sure. And, and make sure you're getting out there and voting people. I mean, this is more important than the presidential election. It's the most important thing you'll vote on all year. So make sure that your voice is heard for sure. Joanna Man... I told you guys that's that's my favorite basketball. Movie. <laughs> like yeah, and it I mean is. it is. What about Space Jam? You just went on a, a tear about how Space Jam's incredible. It isn't. It is incredible, but Joanna Man is even better. <laughs> okay, I don't want right, to. I don't want to sway voters either. But Hoosiers is also so overrated. It's like a classic basketball movie, but it's just like who fucking cares? No, Hoosiers is really good. I, I, I I'm gonna have to rewatch. I saw Glory Road recently, so I don't have to rewatch that one. I'm going to have to rewatch Teen Wolf. Uh, I'm going to have to rewatch Hoosiers, and I'm going to have to rewatch Shawana Man this week. It's it's basketball movie month here in our household, so we, we've got a full plate this Hell week. I'm going to come prepared. To, we're not going to watch any actual basketball. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're shifting to a basketball movie podcast only. Dan's just watching rimming movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, make sure to get out there and vote. Twitter, Instagram, uh, the vote will be live all week. We'll reveal the results next week, and then we'll have a new matchup coming to you on our next episode when we release it next week. You'll be able to check out the bracket on our Instagram as well so you can see what's coming. So let's shift back into kind of the Space Jam conversation a little bit here. So we talked about the the quiz question, which is Monstar-themed potentially, but... um, You've got the Goon Squad, which is the new Monstars. I don't really know. We were talking about this before we started recording. I don't really know the backstory as to how the Goon Squad becomes the Goon Squad. But what we do know is we know who appears to be the starting five of the Goon Squad. And that is Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson, Dame Lillard, the greatest woman basketball player of all time, in my opinion, and Diana Taurasi. And one of the WNBA's best players right now, Ogumike. And is Tarazi I- supposed to be better than Candace Parker? I'd absolutely think so. Yes. Damn. All right. All right. If you think back to the Monstars squad, you've got Sean Bradley, Mr. Bagel. You've got Patrick Ewing, the Charlotte Hornets finest, Larry Johnson and Muggsy Bogues. And then you've got Charles Barkley. That's got to be the and- peak of all Charlotte NBA's sports i remember being so pumped as a charlotte kid being like how did we get two we got two of the five yeah like who awesome who made a mistake here in the in the recruiting yeah well lj was like an all-star mugsy was such a likable guy you know he's shortest player ever he he relates to kids you know shorter than my grandma wow yeah wow five foot foot three awkward Uh uh-oh granny fannies tell us who's right i'm pretty sure it's me so let's uh uh, let's talk about who would win between the Monstars and the Goon Squad. And I'll let you guys go first because I've got some pretty in-depth analysis. I-, I went 
really deep into this thinking about it. So seven game series. That starting five for the Monstars versus that starting five for the Goon Squad. There are rumors that there's going to be other people on the Goon Squad, but we don't know that for sure. So let's just make the assumption that it's those five. And what do you guys think? How does the seven game series play out here and why? This isn't even close. I'm interested to hear your analysis, but which team has the WNBA players and which team does not? I, I don't think that's fair. No, you don't think that's fair? No, I mean, obviously, like, the WNBA players are shorter and, and they, there's an advantage, right, from you've got the five five of the best NBA players at the time on the Monstars, but they're all huge and they can't shoot. And Muggsy's the only person that can handle the ball. And it, so my, my initial, I actually don't think it works well. The my, physical dominance would be unreal in the paint. My initial reaction is definitely to go with Don and and just say that that like that physical advantage of having two extra NBA players would probably make itself known. But you know, it it is true. None of these guys can shoot, and the at group, all, at, not at even all. like LJ is their best shooter, which is not what you want going into a, a modern NBA game. And you know, Clay Thompson and Dame can like get absolutely hot. Exactly. Like you're, you guys are concerned about who's going to guard, you know, Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley. Totally fair, right? Who is going to guard them? But who's going to guard Damian Lillard and Clay Thompson on the other end of the floor? I mean, I'm, I'm putting my you're money. Gonna spread, you're going to spread those guys out so much. Like Diana Taurasi can light it up too. Like she, she can absolutely light it up. So like she's standing on the three point line. You've got AD and pick and rolls. I, I I don't think that they can stop them on offense. I don't think that the Monstars can stop the Goon Squad on offense and i think vice versa it's gonna be a challenge but i think that they have i think the goon squad has options by playing a triangle and two (laughs) so listen to me here jesus christ so you've got a triangle and two with ad clay thompson and you've got dana tarasi up at the top of the triangle right and then you've got ogumike and clay thompson just floating and they're basically double teaming the post every single time the ball gets into the post because if they kick it out, then who are they kicking it out to? Yes, they're going to get crushed on the glass. Yes, like, you know, they're still going to get a lot of dunks. They'll be able to pass the ball around to the post. But I think that they can manage their size problems by playing a super packed in zone. And I don't know how the Monstars would be able to do that on the other end of the floor. I don't I mean, know how how they play defense against a team that spreads them out so much and shoots threes and. Well, the, the first of all, the monsters are going to get like two points per possession, in my opinion. I mean, they're, they're pretty much going to be able to do what they want on offense to get two points. They're not going to be able to get three points when they want because none of them can shoot. But they're it's going to be pretty easy for them to just consistently shoot like ninety percent from the field, and you know don't they're not going to struggle that hard on defense. You know, Sean Bradley, maybe a little bit Ewing can move a little bit, but Larry Muggsy and Charles are all really good defenders. So they're, they're going to be out there. They're going to be glued to the three best players on the goon squad. They're going to be able to shut them down pretty effectively. So I'm, I'm still, I'm putting my money on the monsters, but if the goon squad can get hot from three, then they can definitely shoot themselves into this game. The Monstars can just play the perimeter. Why, why, why can't they just leave Sean Bradley and Patrick Ewing 
in the paint and then just spread out the outside or even br- they could bring four to the outside they could just well, cover then then then, then damian lord clay thompson anthony davis diana and you're wide open for threes wide no. open how if they if they if cover john bradley's just standing in the paint no i'm saying even if they play like all the way out there and like don't even cover the paint at all like a three uh, well, then they'll get then they'll go right by him like who's who's gonna stay in front of lillard what? no one we're talking these players are not getting you're like there's like no love in here for like dj or bark no or, no one can stay in front of lillard like now by himself he's hard to guard just one-on-one if you put the best defender in the nba right now in front of him he is very hard to guard but i'm definitely taking the monsters here i mean they're going to be shooting higher higher efficiency shots they're going to be scoring like delco said they're gonna be shooting like 95 plus percent you're not gonna be able to stop them and like I mean, no disrespect to the WNBA, but that competition level is nowhere near the NBA. And we're talking about five. I mean, Sean Bradley is Sean Bradley, but we're talking about Sean Bradley sucks. Yeah, he's just huge. He's just huge. And there's another strategy here as well. And you, right? Ewing also you, is not like super mobile. No, they're neither of them. Are I, I don't I don't like that. That fit of those two together. Yeah, it's an yeah. awful fit. Like it, yeah. in real life fit at the Monstars are are bad. Like, I think they're bad. And the uh, the other strategy That's here, why they, they, lost. That, they could <laughs> to, to the fucking Looney Tunes. Yeah. The other strategy here is the, t- is the tallest non Michael Jordan player on that team was like three foot two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the other strategy is hack a Sean Bradley or hack a Ewing that comes into play now, too. So like if they are shooting 80, 90 percent, fine, let's. Put them on the fucking line a couple times, you know. See if they can knock down their free throws. Now they're not as bad at you free can, throws as you Shaq. Can foul out, they're though. like seventy percent and lower. You can foul you out. Can foul out. And then what happens? I'd like to see who's on the bench. You know that that's that's what gets interesting. The monster is it's like have a, a bench, is, which also probably contributed to their. Are we also playing penalty? Are there penalty? Are there fouls? Penalties? I don't know. Is Marsh is a uh, Marvin the Martian? There's our guy. That's, yeah. that's him. That's the ref. Is he the ref again? I don't know. Or is it a real ref? Are they going to actually call fouls this time? <laughs> I don't know. Is Clay, know, is Clay gonna, a big one. Is Clay going to blow out his, his knee? <laughs> In the Clay movie. Healthy. In the movie. <laughs> God, I hope not. I, I love Clay. I can't wait for him to be back. They That's another him. one. Who, who's going to run around with Clay, like running off screens, popping threes? Like, uh, I, You're also assuming they're going to hit every three. Larry, if they, just, they don't have to hit every three. They only have to hit like 60%. Larry no, because the month, Clay. Larry can guard Clay. Muggsy can guard Dame. No. Dame will shoot over Bugsy. I mean every time. Muggsy. You're just you're assuming that they're making these shots though. If they're shooting from from distance, I mean yeah, they're going to make some, but the Monsters aren't going to I think they're just going to score every freaking time. Like there's no reason they're going to score a lot, but did you hear my my double team strategy down? Isn't that isn't that style? Yeah, yeah I, I do I do think with a, AD and someone else packing the paint and basically yeah. saying we're not we're not going to guard the perimeter at all. At all. Like literally at all. I'm not leaving the paint. Like literally. You can take wide open paint. threes all game. You can take wide open 10-footers and Ooh, I don't know like about legitimately that. allow that. That's, Why not? Cause they'll dude, miss a handful of them. You got like Charles Bark. I mean, you got all time great players like you. Yeah, he'll he'll you make a kid. lot of them. But if the alternative is them dunking it, then I will t- I will let them take those ten footers. A wide open mid range for Ewing and and Barkley and and those guys is like basically a layup. Butter, yeah, yeah. It's butter. It's not like it's going to be like wide open, but I'm not like going out there urgently contesting anything inside of twelve feet. 
you you got to stick to the game plan of packing the paint. AD, you know, gonna, would you have know they're going to score a lot. You know they're going to score a lot. You're just trying to bring that percentage down because you know you're also going to score a lot on the other side of the floor. It'd be interesting. I'm 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 a little bit more convinced that it would be a, a game at least. And I think Diana Taurasi is getting very under undersold here because Diana Taurasi, like I said, is the best woman's player ever. And I think if she got, I think she could take Muggsy to absolute school in the paint. You think? How absolute tall is she? School. I think she's six two, six three, and she's got a fadeaway game. Like she's modeled her game after Kobe, and she can fucking hoop. She she's, could. I mean, but I mean, it's not like Muggsy. You know, M- Muggsy has faced much scarier. I mean, there's that iconic picture of him, you know, standing under Jordan, basically. And obviously, she... you know, obviously he's not a lockdown. You know, you can shoot over him, but he's going to make it tough. And God forbid you switch to like Charles Barkley on either of those women in the in the post. I mean, that's... well, that's not going to happen because of the triangle and two. They're only doubling. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It would it would be closer than I originally thought. I will say that. I, I've got the goon squad in six. No. <laughs> can Ogumike shoot? A little bit. She's not like a shooter, but but she can she can step out and hit some shots. Mm, uh, that could be the weak link. <laughs> yeah, that sounds sus. Yeah, if you're if you're going up against the monsters, you need to have people comfortable draining that that three because that's the only way to win. Yeah, well, they've got four people that are incredibly comfortable draining that three, and and I think Ogumiga can make enough to keep them honest. It, Dame and Clay do give them a huge advantage. AD actually doesn't match up very well against uh, against the squad, although he can he can perhaps do some perimeter. <laughs> Who's guarding AD? Sean Bradley's not guarding AD, dude. In, is he trying? Larry Charles Ewing, if he gets close, I mean. Yeah, you you ain't gonna guard him probably, but but I'm especially th- if I'm the monsters and I'm that confident in my offense, I'm comfortable. You know, I know AD is a solid shooter, but I'm comfortable giving him those shots and saying like, "What are you gonna do about it?" and trying to get in his head. Uh, AD doesn't come across as a guy who can like take the pressure of being unguarded at the three point line. You know? Yeah, eh, that, that that could be interesting. Well, I, I do think it'll be close. Like I said, I think I think it would go six. I, I, just, I just think that Dame and Clay and, and AD would get hot multiple times. And, you know, I don't I just don't see Ewing and Sean Bradley chasing people around at the three point line like that. That was never a thing for centers to do back in the day. Yeah. Dame seeing them do that. Dame maybe. will get like five free shots from six feet beyond the line because the Monsters didn't have that as a threat at all in that era. And that's like in Dame's Dame's range. Even Paul George finally admitted it. He's like, "All right, that's a good shot." <laughs> Dame Dame has some grit, but like also the competition level back then was so much higher. Like, I'm, think, I'm thinking I, I, the, the I grittier, stronger, that. more physical. Oh, come on, nineties ball. Such an old. Oh, come on. You, you sound like a grandpa. I was like, my day. It's true. So much better. I mean, they're they're tougher. It's true. But they definitely weren't better across the board. The NBA talent level is ridiculous right now. It's it's ridiculous because of the way the game is played. I think there's a there's a median here. Like the, I think that the stat lines and players look better based on the way that the game's officiated and the way that they play these days. Because there's a lot more space. Uh, but I don't think that it's like that the old school players were more talented. I think if anything, there's there's a larger pool of talent today than there was back in the day. I mean, Sean Bradley would probably not start for any NBA team. 
He's like absolutely Bo- he's like, would not. He's like Boban. Boban. Yeah, Sean Bradley is is completely obsolete. And then uh, Ewing would struggle for sure. I don't think he would be the star that he was in his time. Honestly, that might be a hot take. And then just some of the guys like Charles and Larry, they would find their way. You know, they're super talented, super athletic, really tough, but they don't have the skills that kind of made the modern NBA what it is today. So, yeah, it's almost like the the debate of when you try to compare players, it's not fair to do it cross era. It's only kind of fair to do it like 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 you should rank people like in eras because they just there's just so many different factors that make it almost unfair to yeah. compare people. I wish we had a time machine though where you could just draw players into the eras and just see how like LeBron would have done against the Pistons. Yeah. And now And it's also like really unfair with like uh like like Bill Russell for example. Like he obviously dominated in his time and people say, you know, he will he wouldn't have been as good today. And maybe that's true, but if he grew up in the AAU circuit and was playing basketball his entire life and you know he got the training that kids do every literally multiple times a day he's every developing day now. a three-pointer as a kid right then yeah. he could have very well been you know one of the best players ever not to say he's not yeah but like if you kidnapped you him, and him in a time machine he'd struggle <laughs> probably right i mean he would still he would still be you know really good nba player but yeah but like like when you when you like compare like circumstances to each other is like okay their circumstances were, were pretty even from an era perspective in terms of training and modern advances and in, in medicine and athletics like it makes the era conversation really tough we kind of just like shifted topics there but i want to hear you guys' picks i've got the goon squad in six monstars in five i'll take i'll take monstars in six all right but you made some valid arguments there, Ryan. You you, you sold you. me on a couple games there. I think my original gut reaction was Monstars in four, but there's some good points. And honestly, they could have done better selecting the NBA talent from, from that range. Sean Bradley should not have been involved. I mean, they're stealing talent, not like physical attributes, right? And so, yeah, but like right. the, the Sean, Sean Bradley. Bradley, the guy you go to. <laughs> yeah, but his Monstar is like useless. It zero, this is bagels. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a mistake that they made for sure. The aliens. Yeah, the, yeah he's a, he's a nice guy. You know, <laughs> I I wonder if there's like a way that that we could actually somehow simulate this. Like, can can we get two K on this? You know, give us the goon squad versus. I like where your head's at. All right. Yeah. So I, I want to see a simulation there. We're gonna get on two K's ass to make that happen. Prove one of us right here. I think it's going to be me. Dan's going to go off and give us that 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 hit there. Dan's going right, to go above let's... the rim for that one. Yeah, yeah. Dan's above the rim. If you know, you all know. day, every day these days. So let's uh, let's move on away from movies into actual real life NBA stuff. And I want to talk about the Suns a little bit. The Suns aren't a team we've talked about much here. Uh, they're not really a team that gets talked about much on a national stage either. But they've won. 11 of their last 13, 8 of their last 10. They've got a couple of nice wins in the past week. They did lose to the Clippers, but they did beat the Jazz. They're sitting in second place in the West right now, just a couple games behind the Jazz. I think last I checked, one and a half games behind the Jazz. Do you guys think that they are legit? And when I say legit, you know, I, I don't want to hear, you know, they can make some noise in the playoffs. Right? I think pretty much everybody in the West can make some noise in the playoffs. So... Do you think they can win more than two series or two or more series? It, it depends on on how they match up. 
Um, their starting five is is just as good as any starting five in the league. I, I would, you, you could make an argument. I'm not sure if I believe this, but you can make an argument that their starting five purely is better than the Jazz. Um, they're they're really nice team, really efficient. Chris Paul. I mean, that's some like god tier management to get Chris Paul on that team. They they ended up basically giving up nothing for Chris Paul, essentially at the end of the day. Um, and that turns them into a a really impressive team. My question on like, could they actually do it would kind of center around Deandre Ayton and how consistent he could be in the playoffs. He's been really, really up and down this season, you know, from what I've, I've read and and heard and seen on the court, there's been a little bit of disappointment in how he's unable to be consistent. You know, he'll have really good games, but other games he like looks like a, a guy who hasn't quite figured it out. So if you can get that DeAndre Ayton, who's, you know, playing at the top of his game, I do think that they could beat anyone and they could win two series and have like a Nuggets like run. But I'm not sure if that's going to happen. So I probably wouldn't uh, put money on it or anything. So this is a, this is a fun one, right? I think lots of the sun success. I know it's coming is due to one player in particular. Oh, for the love of Christ. Can we? The Suns are ten and two with Tory Craig. That is correct, and he's <laughs> he's averaging about sixteen minutes a game, and he's playing well. I mean, where where's, where's there? What do you mean? Who cares? Who fucking cares? Frank Kaminsky is on that team. Yeah, but he's Frank Kaminsky's irrelevant. He's getting a similar amount of minutes. Yeah, but okay, no. Tory Craig is the reason they're playing so well. He fits so many different pieces. He plays good defense. He rebounds well. He shoots efficiently. He's shooting fifty percent. Like he he does what's needed. He's not some guy who's going to shoot high volume. <laughs> let's let's go, Tory. If you're listening, hit me up. Uh, no, the Suns don't have a chance in hell uh, to win a championship. In my opinion, I don't think they have the top line talent. I think this can they win? Can they win two series? Uh. The Suns are going to end up I don't getting, think, getting I don't LeBron. Think so. They're going to end up yeah. getting the Lakers somehow. That's really unfortunate, but I don't think I don't think they do. Um, I would. I think if I think it's similar to like the Nuggets last season. Like if you were going to say to me last season, are the Nuggets going to win two series? I'd be like, no. I mean, they have a shot, but like more than yeah. likely, hell no. And that's how I feel about the Suns. It's like it could totally happen, but I, you know, it would take a lot of magic and. A lot of unexpected other. Th- It'd be like a loss from the other team, then more of a win on their side, you know. So like, I could see them repeating that though, like a tough first round matchup, like what the Nuggets had. They were one inch away, one Conley three, you know, one inch of a Conley three away from being eliminated in the first round. And then they get to the second, they face an uninspired Clippers team, which I could see the Suns beating the Clippers in seven. Honestly, I mean, if the Clippers are, aren't yeah. in the right, I don't like that matchup. But but I, I like where you where you're going. Like I think it does depend on matchups if they can do it. I I don't think they will. I think the Nuggets comparison's fair. But it's just Chris the- Paul is so nice and he's playing out of his mind. And this squad is, if I'm not mistaken, top five in, you know, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, turnover rate. Chris Paul is is weirdly underrated. I mean, I feel like people put players like Kyrie above Chris Paul in some instances because he's more exciting and he can kind of blow your mind when he's out there. But Chris Paul has just been such a huge impact on every team that he plays for. And he hasn't been to the finals yet for whatever reason. But he is right up there with the Dwayne Wades and, you know, LeBron James's and and that level of talent. 
And with him on the squad, Devin Booker, you know, playing superstar offense, McCall Bridges quietly having an absolutely incredible season. I mean, he's been huge for them. He's relevant on offense and he's incredible on defense. He guards their best player. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge Bridges fan. He he runs the floor so well, and I, it, it's actually very fun to watch. Yeah, the, not way gonna... that he, the way he gets up and down the floor is 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 great, right for uh, for that Suns team. And on top of his, he's hitting his over forty percent of his threes, which is huge for a player in that in that role, right? Let me let me stop you real quick. I I, I can't continue to hear you talk for right now. You said Frank Kaminsky was as big as a role as Torrey Craig. Frank Kaminsky has played four minutes in the last 10 games while Torrey Craig averages 16 minutes a game. So how dare you even associate the two players together saying Frank's on that team? Torrey Craig took four, Frank's minutes. Four minutes in 10 games. That was that was Frank's role that Torrey Craig took. And they're playing better? Is that... I, I let, me, let me hear you say it. Fuck let me hear Craig. you say Corey it. Craig is an upgrade to Frank Kaminsky. Is that yeah. what you want, Don? That's a huge he, win. He's a golden god. That's what I want. Jesus. You can't deny it. Craig. You cannot deny it. All right. It. I've had enough of Tory Craig. Like, uh, we're moving on. I had enough moving of Tory Craig like seven episodes ago. All right. Seriously. So, no more talk about the Suns. I don't think we can ever bring the Suns up again because Donald's just going a Tory Craig rant. So, the, let's, they, uh, they look nice. I, I They're just as... as talented is uh the jazz in a lot of cases in my opinion so yeah i think so too i think they're similar in that way and they're kind of a team before the before the individual although i think they they maybe have an extra superstar than the jazz so or star than the jazz uh anyway so the uh the the next thing i want to talk about some of the massive performances over the last week you had i'll call it a couple and you guys can just pick which ones you want to talk about uh, but you had Tatum and Levine, 50-point games in losses, I must say. You had Ennis Cantor last night, who had 30 rebounds, which is kind of wild, right? And interesting timing-wise, with Nurkic still kind of trying to find his way. Does that mean anything? I don't know. And then you had uh, Gary Trent Jr., who just went absolutely off last night 44 points on 19 shots. 44 points on 19 shots, right? If, if any started that i feel like we would have heard about it all day today like completely plastered on so many headlines with 17 for 19 44 points that's crazy efficient crazy good yeah they needed him to step up with all those injuries and and he did did norman powell ever drop 44 points with the raptors you know and that's kind of his specialty right <laughs> is is being able to explode scoring so um, i think he did <laughs> yeah, but it, it, either either way, the the Raptors look look good with that. But with with Tatum and Levine, oof, I don't know, man. It's amazing, and they're unguardable when they're shooting like that, and they're really fun to watch. But you really got to question when you when you shoot like that, and you're so unguardable, and you're still losing. You know, especially when you're on a team that's kind of been struggling throughout the year. It's not like a one off random loss where the other team just happened to play amazing. You kind of have to ask yourself, like, who is this player? Are they overrated? Are they playing good team basketball? Are they playing defense? Why are we losing these games where our best player is unguardable? And if you were watching Levine in that game, you know, he he was unguardable. They were double, triple teaming him, and they still can't win. And it just kind of makes you question players like that and what can you do with them. And, you know, they're fun. They bring in uh, audiences and, you know, they're fan favorites, but... 
you can't win games with these guys sometimes because they're they're not doing much besides scoring. Well, the Bulls have no like identity. You know, they're, they're completely lacking that. They don't have like a grit. They don't have like a like a defensive identity or even an offensive identity. Their offensive identity is just give the ball to Zach or give the ball to Vucevic now and let them score. I think in that game, Levine had fifty and Vucevic had like thirty. Yeah, and, like high twenties. Yeah, right. And I, I didn't like the fit when the trade happened, Vucevic to Chicago. I, I like the, they'll they'll both play well, but I don't think it really made them much better. And I still think that they're really lacking like a, like multiple glue guys that'll bring some toughness to to that organization and bring some like leadership and veteran presence to that organization. Yeah, I, I do like Thaddeus there, but they don't they don't really have those other pieces you know like kobe white isn't gonna cut it what what is his role on this team you know <laughs> he seems to be kind of sliding away sadaransky's playing well and that that's interesting and, and what are they gonna do with Markinen when his contract comes to an end here in, in the next i think he's a restricted free agent at the end of this year so uh, they've got some they've they made the move for vucevic but i still think they've got a lot of big decisions coming up yeah, we talked about it a bit a bit last week, and that they're going to be fun. They're going to be hard to stop, but they don't have that identity. They don't play defense really, and you know, as a fan, what would you rather have? A really exciting fifty point night and a loss, or some more boring stat lines, but people are grittier and getting stops and winning games. You know, the latter for me. Yeah, some people would rather have the former, and you know, whatever sells tickets. I'd rather so, be I'd rather be a Bulls fan right now than a Celtics fan to be honest with you. They're just like uh, the Celtics are bad, man. I, every time I watch them, I just they look so lost. That organization. The Celtics aren't bad; they're just bad for the Celtics. It, it looks so yeah, fixable yeah, when you watch them. them you know, you watch them and they're standing around. And you're like, this can be fixed. The talent is there, but there's a disconnect between the players and the coaches or something. And I'm just shocked that it hasn't been fixed and. It kind of makes you, I mean, I'm a big Brad Stevens fan, but it kind of makes you question what he's doing with that squad that everyone, you know, the media, us, we're sitting here like saying the ball's not moving. There's a lot of watching going on. There's a lot of like street ball being played. You have multiple all-stars. You have like people like Marcus Smart who are, you know, really tough, good defenders, gritty, play team ball. Why can you not make this work? You know, and it, I'm kind of interested to see how long Brad's leash is here. Well, that's two coaches this year, in my opinion, that have had good enough talent teams to make an impact in Brad Stevens and Nick Nurse, who are highly sought. Nick, you know. Nick Nurse has been dealt a shit hand this year. I mean, look at the, I mean, look had, at the squad had, that they've been putting out with like injuries and suspension, suspensions and COVID and everything. Suspensions fall on the coach. That's just, I've always believed that. I mean, the coach should lead the team on and off the court. But I think I think there's still there's still a lot that could have been done with the players that they had, and they've been getting just absolutely whacked when they had full health and when they didn't. So I I, I think Nick Nurse has made a lot of questionable uh, play calling decisions and lineup decisions, in my opinion. I think Brad Stevens is still a great coach, uh, but it does leave that question mark where where do they go from here? I mean, again, I'd rather be a Bulls fan because the Bulls, you really have, you know, the bar is set so low and you have all this talent. I think Zach Levine is really continuing to prove himself to be an, a, a superstar. I mean, eight, he's had multiple games this season where he's been going off. Like he's had an incredible season. Uh, Tatum, you know, when at least, at least Levine is usually pretty efficient from the field, Tatum is not that efficient. 
you know, you want to see these steps, even if they're not big steps, uh, season to season, you want to see at least like some, some performance increases. And honestly, like Jason Tatum last year, I thought I saw a little bit more than this year so far, at least. So, um, I, 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 I do agree there that, um, that Tatum seemed to take a step forward last year and now he's taken a sideways, maybe half step back. And it's not just Tatum. It's also that offense in general. There was a point where the offense was working and now it's just Tatum thinking he's Kobe Bryant, which works some nights, but some nights, you know, he goes off and they still lose. And Tatum is better than Levine. Like, I agree. I agree. no. I agree. No, I agree. He's better for sure. Overall, he's way, he's way better. But I'm and saying, younger. and like three or four years younger. Yeah, but I'm saying this season, Levine, in my opinion, is outperforming him. I think that's debatable. I, I go back to the uh, the comment about how the Celtics are bad for the Celtics. They're not like actually bad. They're still better than bad the Bulls. for the Celtics, right? Yeah. They're still better than the Bulls. Yeah, they're still well, no, better no than shit. a lot of teams. And, <laughs> So, like, so then why would you rather be a Bulls fan? Just because the Celtics are disappointing to, you know, what they usually are? I'll agree with Don there, though. Sometimes it's like in terms of expectations, it's better to have low expectations and outperform them than to have high expectations and fall flat. Are the Bulls outperforming their expectations right now? But but by the end of the season, they will have. You think so? Yeah, I don't think if I was a Bulls fan coming into the season, what expectation can you have? I mean, that team Uh, about what's happening. I think they're probably upset with how Markinen's shooken out. I think they're definitely upset with how Kobe White every played this every year. Bulls fan sold on Laurie seasons ago. That dude should have been gone. Like if I'm not even a Bulls fan, and I knew he was sold off a long time ago. No one's putting down money on him. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think I think people were interested to see how he would play this year. Even if you don't agree with that, you have to agree with the Kobe White comment. I think people had a lot of upside thoughts and yeah, Kobe White but this we season. yeah but we all knew he was taking Those this people step. are I mean, fools I guess I guess just as Hornets fans like we saw that happen to the to Devontae Graham and we were like we know he's gonna cool off and that was bound to I mean Kobe White was he was good coming out of college but he was not it, he was not the player in my opinion like consistently that he was last season for the Bulls so I expected a drop off maybe the Bulls fans are too busy looking at the old Jordan videos I don't know I'd, I'd rather be on a team and maybe that's because where I've spent most of my life on teams that underperform and you're just like the bar is set so low, like anything that's spicy, any new team trades, any hope like, you know, when you're the Celtics, you're like, we have a good that's where you're talking about. You know, the Celtics are bad for the Celtics. Well, that team should be able to win a championship, in my opinion. But like, yeah, and I still think that they can. I, I don't think we need to go down this this whole like I, I don't I think the, the Bulls peak with their roster right now is like Next an year. eight seed. And yeah. I think like yeah, the bad. yeah, and I think that the Celtics can. Po- there's a possibility that the Celtics turn it around like tomorrow. Like I think that possibility actually exists. Do I think it's going to happen? No, the, but the, I think the, it's like totally possible. The more realistic outcome is they don't figure it out until the playoffs, and some poor like three seed has to go up against a better team. Right. Exactly. No one. No one wants to see the Celtics in the playoffs. Yeah. As a seven or eight seed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with that for sure. The playoffs are going to be so interesting this year because you have the potential for like the Lakers as a seven seed. The bottom of the East is going to be really strong with teams like the Heat and the Celtics. If the Heat play the Bucks in the first round of playoffs, that's going to be incredibly interesting. Like, are the Heat favorites? Maybe not, but maybe they beat them last year. And I think that the Heat team's better this year. And I think the Bucks team is arguably worse than they were last year. 
Okay, so that reminds me. I have a uh, comment since I wasn't on the episode last week. Um, you guys did a great job, by the way. Thanks for carrying the, the granny crew. Uh, but Don, you made an egregious comment, and I need to call you out. You said last week. <laughs> Which one? Live. <laughs> Just last I, week? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, pretty good. <laughs> I, I expect egregious comments from you every week, but this one made my jaw drop, and it's, it's not even Tory Craig related. You said, quote, the East is better than the West. Which yeah, is I agree with that. Outrageously wrong, and it was it was wrong of me to not correct you. Then I was I had my host pants on. <laughs> it's tough to correct with your host you didn't pants, have many on. pants on. What's going on? <laughs> my host pants going... are no pants. <laughs> Wait, so you you agree that what you said was was baloney? Are you are you no. retracting that statement or are you no. doubling down that the East is better than the doubling West? Doubling down, I think the East is better than the West. All right, all right, that's fine. You you can do that. I will. <laughs> I continue to stand by that. The Hornets are a four seed in the East with like a 50% win percentage. Enough said. That's fun. Okay. I mean, right, like, done. when you say the East is better, do you mean like the East has a better chance of winning it all? Because that is kind of no. reasonable. But if you're saying like I mean, top to bottom, the East is better, I can't back that. Like, you might you might be the only person on the planet that thinks that. <laughs> That's what makes me Don. That is what makes you down. I guess that's why we kind of love you, and and also why we sometimes don't love you. <laughs> I don't like my parents. <laughs> God, I think with that we should uh, take a quick break, and we'll come back with the uh, answer to the the granny quiz question of the week. Granny shot. All right. Guys, Granny Quiz Question of the Week. You've had a little bit more time to think about it. I know you talked about it at the beginning. You thought you might know. Where's your head at? My head is filled with shame because I just watched this movie and I <laughs> don't know the answer. All right, so let me just kind of reread the question here again. So the question was, in the Monstars versus the Toon Squad game in the original Space Jam, there was one missed shot that the viewers saw. Who missed that shot? character player so my my first reaction is it was like an early miss by one of the looney tunes but if i'm it seemed like you kind of dropped a hint that it was a monster i don't know i don't know if you picked up on that don ryan said somebody was listening yeah i I did i did listen to i was hoping you didn't i was not going to guess a monster but now I, i think i'm going to and I have no idea, but because Sean Bradley put up bagels, I'm going to guess. You're 25%. I'm going to guess Sean Bradley. No, that is, that's no. wrong. Yeah, I don't think Sean Bradley didn't record a single stat. Like, he didn't even shoot yeah. the ball. Yeah. Oh, you. I am not going to guess Sean Bradley. <laughs> How embarrassing. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess Muggsy. Okay, Don. Um, that's a no. <laughs> I think it. I'm trying to remember. I figured it was one of the Monstars, and then you gave the hint. And I feel like it it was a block. I don't think it was a a missed shot. I'm going to say Larry Johnson. Also, no. It was Patrick Ewing, also known as Bupkus. The (laughs) only shot in the Space Jam movie that we saw. Did you read what happened? He just I did. It was uh so so uh, I think the Tasmanian Devil like sort of 
blew the hoop up or something along those lines. And like, I need to go back and rewatch it, but this is what I was reading. Oh, that yes, was, yes, yes. That yes, was basically yeah. what happened so that Patrick Ewing's shot didn't go in. Yeah, he like blew it up. As I said, no, no <laughs> rules in this game. Like, people Mar- have- I want Marvin the Martian to ref an actual NBA game. Just, just give us one, you know? Preferably a Nets game. <laughs> All right. So that's it. That's the question. Bupkis, Patrick Ewing, the only missed shot. It's funny. In Space Jam. It's funny that I didn't realize that, that whole movie. And it's just like dunk after dunk. And then MJ going on like a little mid range run there and shout out to bill murray who comes yeah. in and has Watch. the game winning assist and steal yeah yep yep so the other thing is uh mj was 24 for 24 i'm sorry 22 for 22 i apologize uh 44 points he did have two turnovers which is shame on mj in uh, the, the second leading scorer in, in a game the for the squad. battle of the universe mj doesn't miss a shot <laughs> goat that's some goat shit he, he, right he also didn't have a single assist didn't really share the ball with his with his pals why would you 22 for 22 give me the ball hey bugs and lola were were ballers okay bugs five for five lola four for four lola lola was clutch she lola lola was a hooper. she attacked the rim early which was important in like getting rid of that intimidation factor and she like jumped <laughs> she jumped on the monster's face Don can't handle me saying anything about rimming. <laughs> she, did, she she attacked the rim. Right? Lola at the beginning was was crucial because she like you know she had to keep the defense honest and I think you know set the tone there really made the monsters come out and guard her. Same with bugs. Exactly. Michael had five monsters on him multiple times right. in that game. Someone else had to step up. Yeah. Other than that, Daffy Duck and the Tasmanian Devil each had four points, but then it was just a couple points here and there from Porky Pig and Elmer Fudd and and those guys. So you know, that's we'll see what happens. That's something with, with to keep MJ's in mind team. with the Goon Squad matchup is the Monstars had no game plan except for like put five people on Michael, so put five people on the best player. If they repeat that performance against the Goon Squad, and the Goon Squad has a coach and a game plan and can spread the floor, it could get ugly quick. Yeah, and like back in Space Jam One, they were like the tunes were were bad, and then they got good. So now they're starting like good. Like Lola's good, and Bugs is like pretty solid, you know. So like the secret you, stuff, you the secret stuff was in them the whole time. All right, that's right. It's beautiful. All right, so we're gonna wrap it up here. Any final comments for the Granny Fannies? Make sure to vote, vote or die. That's right. What they said. Love you guys, Team Don. Tori Craig for the win. Yeah, God. Okay. Yeah. So uh, remember to follow us on Instagram at Granny Shot NBA. You'll be able to vote for all these movies and see the results. Uh, also hit us up on Twitter at Granny NBA. You can also send us an email, Granny Shot NBA gmail.com. As always, thanks again for listening to us. This is Granny Shot. Granny, 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 Granny. Good job.